0: Mike's Daily Podcast.
1: Hello, it is Mike. It is FF episode 2525. Mike's Daily Podcast. 2525. 25. Do you remember when you were 25? That was so long ago for me. Because I think I was back then so happy and full of youth and had some hair on the top of my head. Now I don't, but that's okay instead. I have uh, no need for hair products. Mike's Daily Podcast. Occasionally, I gotta brush my beard. My beard gets a little bit tangled and wonky and clumpy, and I need to. Mike's. Trim it. Daily. Brush it. Podcast. And use it. Yeah! Be kind to it. Coddle it. And it's my friend. The last podcast picture featured Rocky the Kitten and my t-shirt that said best cat dad ever best cat dad ever is periods after best cat dad and ever i have not been able to do a podcast lately you have not been able to do it daily i think when did this last one come out was this on thanksgiving yes so all right i missed friday i missed saturday It was busy. I had this whole thing happening on Saturday where I had to roll into my work. Yes, I had to work during my time off. Everyone's supposed to enjoy their four day weekend. And I had to work because that's my life. So I rolled into work and I worked, uh, actually did a basketball game. There was a little bit of producing and arranging. And doing all this stuff, engineering behind the board for this basketball game. And I just, I realized today that I got a lot going on with radio stuff. And then when I don't got a lot going on, when I'm just at home, it's boring. It's terrible. I got to get the heck out. I got to get out of town. I got to get out of Dodge.
0: And here's today's podcast picture. Where
1: is Dodge anyway? No, I don't, I'm not going to go there, so I'll never need to get out of there. The podcast picture is actually from PodCastro Valley and a beautiful sunset yesterday. See it at Mike'sDailyPodcast.com. Comes. PodCastro Valley is truly lovely. And I am in PodCastro Valley 10 at the Last Place on Earth Cafe anyway, where we broadcast from here for Mike's Daily Podcast. And I realized, hey, if I was one of the billions of uh, Bay Area people, I'd be stuck in traffic right now. Because everybody else wants to get out and leave And get stuck in traffic The late, great Basil the Boxer He and I enjoyed so many staycations When everybody else scrammed and left for the Wherever, to the airport, to drive to Tahoe Everybody goes to Tahoe Everybody goes to Tahoe in the Bay Area I, I discovered that early on When I moved here like 13 years ago I said, yeah I know Tahoe's pretty and I will visit it at some time, but I'm not gonna do it on the weekend when everybody's driving there or around a holiday, forget it. Or not. I'm not gonna do it around winter where I gotta use, I gotta have chains and I get stuck in the snow and Californians are bad drivers as it is and they're gonna smash into each other, it's terrible. Nope, I'm not gonna do that, nope. And that's the name of a movie called Nope that Mr. Peel did. Hey, I watched it on was it Thanksgiving? Uh, yesterday, Friday, I think it was Black Friday. I watched it, and it, it's a very interesting movie, especially because I used to work at a radio station called Kehe, and our signal went into the area that this movie takes place, Agua Dulce, and we used to get calls from Agua Dulce all the time. Nobody ever called in to tell me they saw a UFO. Or a UAP, or whatever they call it now. But this movie I thought was really well done. I don't know if you've heard what people have said about the UFO, but it is pretty cool. They did something really different with it. Some of it is similar to other stuff you've seen about UFOs, but they did something really cool towards the end that I enjoyed. But the beginning was slow. Slow. And yeah. Peel likes to start a mystery. Peeling the layers as it is said with words figuratively. But peeling little bits and, you know, dropping little hints and little mysteries. Building a mystery, doing the Sarah McLachlan thing. And then as we Sarah McLachlan away, then stuff starts to get interesting. And it wasn't that long of a movie. So you can, if you just have a little bit of patience. But it it, it does have some very disturbing images I mean not horrid I guess yeah horrid I don't know If you're into like not seeing murderous monkeys Maybe uh, don't watch this movie But It did have a couple funny Things it said about 90s sitcoms Which were horrible Everybody Watched them In the 90s they were big In the 80s and 90s But they were terrible You watch them now and you're like Ugh how was this popular? How is this like the biggest thing on TV? These awful sitcoms with the studio audience laughter telling you where you need to laugh because you're too stupid to do it on your own. Thank you, TV. So, the many layers that Peel likes to make fun of comedy, or he's making comedy out of the entertainment industry, and it's. Many different levels That was enjoyable But some parts Got pretty slow But he was building A mystery I get it So I saw that And that was The extent Of the excitement That yours truly had A Couple interesting things Have gone on Naomi Biden She joins a unique club Brides who say I do at the White House This according to NPR And they're all things considered show Naomi who's 28 Married Peter Neal Three years Her junior And Naomi Biden is President Biden's eldest granddaughter uh, It Was in a private ceremony Recently Apparently Not that Let's see Over the years there has been, who else got married? Uh, Richard Nixon, his daughter Trisha got married in 1971 at the White House.
0: What in in the world was that about?
1: Who else, let's see, uh, was uh, Lucy Baines Johnson and Patrick Nugent got married in 1966. That would have been President Lyndon Johnson's daughter. Oh, many of the White House weddings and receptions have been private family events, but others became big national headlines, like for Lyndon Johnson's daughters. As we go outside a cafe anyway, we're bringing Mike's Daily Podcast. Somewhere in podcast drove Alleyton, the last place on earth. When Lucy Johnson was married in 1966, labor organizers threatened to protest the wedding after she selected a wedding gown that was made in a non-union factory. The designer is said to have had a union label stitched into the wedding dress to mend the drama. Both Johnson sisters released their wedding cake recipes to newspapers so that the public could join in on the fun and make their own elaborately decorated summer fruit cakes. There were a lot of weddings apparently in the 60s. There were a lot of, instead of double dates, be a double wedding. A lot of double weddings. People getting... Like friends. Got married at the same... Time. You don't see that as much now. Uh, so... The... There you go. Who else? Oh. <laughs> this... Uh, Lucy Payne Washington in 1812. The sister of First Lady Dolly Madison was... First married to George Steptoe, Washington, a nephew of President George Washington. Following his death, she went on to marry Supreme Court Justice Thomas Todd in the first wedding documented to have taken place at the White House. In 1820, Maria Hester Monroe, the daughter of President James Monroe, was wed to Samuel Governor in a small ceremony at the White House. Governor was the private secretary to the president And Maria Monroe's first cousin on her mother's side Interesting The son of President John Quincy Adams Married Mary Catherine Helen The niece of the first lady in the Blue Room In 1828 John Adams II 1831 Andrew Jackson Jr. President Andrew Jackson's son And Sarah York were married in Philadelphia A week later their reception was held at the White House In 1832, Mary Ann Easton and later Mary Ann Lewis, the Andrew Jackson White House saw two weddings in one year. The grandniece of the president got married and later that year, the daughter of a close friend of the president's got married to a French diplomat at the White House. And let's see, 1842, there was Elizabeth Tyler, President John Tyler's daughter. President John Tyler... Got married in 1844 To Julia Gardner Tyler in New York Nellie Grant in 1874 The daughter of Ulysses S. Grant Got married in 1874 at the White House Emily Platt got married in 1878 The niece of President Rutherford B. Hayes 1886 President Grover Cleveland Married Frances Folsom the daughter of his late law partner. Cleveland had been her guardian and the administrator of her estate. 1906, Alice Roosevelt, the daughter of President Theodore Roosevelt, got married with nearly 1,000 guests in attendance. In 1913 to 1918, the Wilsons, President Woodrow Wilson's daughter, Jesse Woodrow Wilson married Francis Beau Sayer in 1913. The following year, his older daughter, Eleanor Randolph Wilson, married the Treasury Secretary. And in 1918, Alice Wilson, the President's niece, married Reverend Isaac Stewart McElroy Jr., In 1942, Harry Hopkins, a close friend and advisor to FDR, married Louise Gill Macy in the second floor Oval Room. And they lived for a year at the White House. Anthony Rodham, the brother of First Lady Hillary Rodham Clinton, married Nicole Boxer, a daughter of former Senator Barbara Boxer in the Rose Garden in 1994. The event was very private. Two thousand eight, Jenna Bush got married The daughter of George W George W. Bush uh, And Then Pete Souza The uh, Barack Obama's Official White House photographer Was the last person To get married at the White House In a private ceremony Fascinating Hundreds of employees Said no to being part of Elon Musk's Extreme hardcore Twitter
0: Baloney.
1: Musk gave Twitter staff a deadline to say if they are staying for his cultural reset of the company And right on the deadline, the farewell emoji started pouring into Twitter's slack Hundreds of Twitter's remaining employees have resigned Ahead of Elon Musk's extreme hardcore cultural reset of the company This comes after Musk recently fired dozens of employees who criticized or mocked him in tweets and internal messages. He then set a deadline of Thursday for all employees to respond. Yes, on a Google form, if they want to stay for what he is calling Twitter 2.0. Ah, Oh, Twitter 2.0 Twitter had roughly 2900 remaining employees before the deadline on Thursday thanks to Musk's unceremoniously laying off about half of the 7500 person workforce. I see. And then yeah, Twitter employees resigned in mass on Thursday, raising concerns that the site could be knocked offline for lack of manpower as new owner Elon Musk struggles to get control of the social network after acquiring it last month. Twitter abruptly locked offices after a mass resignation on Thursday, a day after Musk issued an ultimatum. At least 1,200 full-time employees quit on Thursday. Interesting. Well, I was talking to my lovely lady friend today about how Gen Zer employees—they're not putting up with a lot of stuff that us Gen Xers put up with—and they're like, you know, uh, I'm not—I want to be paid this much, or I'm walking. And where do they walk to? I don't know. They—they—they they, they either live on their parents' couch, or they—they they travel around the world. I don't know what they're doing, but they somehow say they're okay with not committing to anything and just wandering aimlessly. I know I did a little bit of that as a young man, as a middle-aged man, but still at some point you got to show a little bit of responsibility. Awesome. I don't have the facts and figures, but I'm willing to I'm willing to say on my podcast and not back it up, but there's probably a lot of Gen Zers in the tech industry I don't know if they're You know They put up with a lot They're being paid The more they're being paid The more they're willing to sacrifice a lot of them But they want that big paying job And they do some crazy stuff In order to Keep the job But it looks like Twitter A lot of them are saying no In the other tech Story of the world Of the world In the world of tech This big story Elizabeth Holmes Has been sentenced To just over 11 years in prison For defrauding investors By falsely claiming Her technology Could detect diseases From a drop of blood Did you watch the Is it Amy Siegfried movie? The Or did you see The documentary On HBO? The sentencing Of the former Theranos CEO Marks the end Of the young founder Silicon Valley Sega and the uh, the saga one in which she wooed investors with empty promises and idealism and raked in hundreds of millions of dollars. She pushed the envelope a little too far, said a law professor at Case Western Reserve University. You fake it till you make it, but it was too much fake, he says. But the case isn't entirely over Holmes' former boyfriend and business partner has a sentencing scheduled for December 7th. He was convicted on 12 felony counts of fraud and conspiracy against Theranos investors and patients. Holmes also accused him of abusing her, though he's denied these allegations. And Holmes faces up to, faced up to 20 years in prison for her actions. In a memo that depicted Holmes as a compassionate child, who grew into a naive young business leader, her attorneys requested she serve 18 months of house arrest followed by supervised release and community service. But she has been sentenced to just over 11 years in prison for defrauding investors. This on the Wired website, or if you get the Wired magazine. And finally, if you are in the Bay Area and you find yourself at SFO at the International Airport, San Francisco. Apparently, along with the yoga rooms, which I discovered, just stumbled upon at one point. But hey, it's a great reason to take up yoga while you're waiting for a flight. They got art exhibits, which are fantastic all around. They had one about like 60s music and records and old record players. I remember seeing that once. And then there are some local restaurants that have outposts there like Boudin Bakery or Bun Mi. And there's some live music. There's also new touchless water filling stations that have hot, cold and room temperature settings. And they're going to soon be dispensing free seltzer at those water filling stations. But This is interesting They have a burrito That apparently Is the (laughs) They have a A burrito That's supposed to be the best I have had I think I've had this burrito I forget exactly where it is But it's a phenomenal Breakfast burrito And But you gotta be at the right terminal And I wish Oh I don't have it It's not Listed here in this article from the Wall Street Journal But I was fortunate enough In all of the sadness And the horridness The horridity That I had to go through Back in February when my mom passed away And I had to instantly fly to Florida We happened to While we were waiting I'm like oh my gosh this is exactly where that Breakfast burrito is I haven't had one of these In ages And I finally had a chance It was so good So That's one good thing About the San Francisco airport There is a whole article About that On the Wall Street Journal's website And yes There's uh, All the other fun things You can do there I know there's some kind of Candy store there too So, all right. Hey, real quick. I just want to say that I'm, 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 I'm showing a little bit of, um, enthusiasm. A little bit of faith is starting to grow in my heart for the Republican party, because I've actually heard some very staunch Republicans who were full on Trumpers. Starting to say, hey, maybe this last election, the midterms, maybe we did not have the right candidates. Maybe we picked the candidates. Well, we didn't pick them. Trump picked them. And that was the problem. We should have thoroughly vetted these candidates and shouldn't have just accepted them because Trump said, oh, they're great. They're huge. They're huge. They're wonderful. You got to get this guy. That was not even a... So I was kind of channeling a little bit for a second there But you gotta be a little bit more like this The thing is That They do need to Dial back on the power that guy has Because apparently That is what lost the election Now To a Full on Trumper Nope It was once again Democrats From the tech world All the friends of, of of Elon and that worked at Theranos and Twitter and all the Gen Zers with their super hacker ways they were able to hack into the election and make it so that the Democrats won and there wasn't a big red wave however there were a lot of Republicans that won why does that happen how are they able to I mean wouldn't you If you had that power Wouldn't you want everybody in your Party to win So it's just lazy thinking To do this whole conspiracy theory thing And that just needs to stop The real thinking The actual smart person's thinking Needs to start happening Where people start thinking In the Republican Party What can we do What candidates are the ones That are going to appeal To the major amount of people to the masses how are we going to win in 2024 and the, just stop with the whole what whatever trump says goes but they don't when you don't It goes back to the responsibility thing When you don't want to accept responsibility You then blame everybody else And you blame everything You come with these great fantasies About what happened A couple weeks ago That just needs to stop And no matter what I say It won't stop And what I've decided to do Is use it as Not only a learning lesson about how People on the right Are doing this But people on the left can do it too and what I'm not liking is when I hear people on the left call certain groups, hate groups When they're not groups that actually hate anybody They may disagree with the person on the left side But that doesn't instantly mean that that group is a hate group This this sort of extreme ratcheting up And if you don't agree with me, you're, you're evil, you, you need to fall off the face of the earth, that's wrong But this is something I heard on NPR on my way into work today. So I know you've heard that expression. Both sides do it. But there is a definite that in that degree of calling just blanket calling some group a hate group that gets us nowhere. Then the dialogue ceases. Then we get nowhere. And then we cease being a unified America. And that's never good. Just thought I'd throw that out there Outside a cafe anyway Where we are outside Look who's here at this moment Hello McMatthews It's only too hard to get a draft supervisor There's a lot of static In the air McMatthews Yeah a lot of static You can feel it Because of the, the wind And it's dry Here in the Bay Area And then you start to develop An electric charge And when you Go and reach for anything metallic Or maybe when you Touch somebody's hand It's like Instant discharge And ouch It's shocking That's right Mike Matthew I didn't like Nope Oh why didn't you like it? It was really Really like Stupid Okay what What was stupid about it? Because it was all about Aliens and they're weird Well they are Kind of weird But it wasn't really One It was More like An alien Never mind I'm giving away Too much Out Look who else is here
0: Oh, Mike, this is Floyd, the floor man.
1: And this is John Deere, the engineer. Mike, you're going to do the thing where you go back in time, Mike Matthews. And, mm. Yeah, let's go back with Matthews. Here we go. Okay. Back in, when was this? The early 2000s? Yes. I worked at a, uh, what do you call it? A radio station. That's well, what two I- Maku
0: Emerson Drive plays in dives. <laughs> Channel 3 The Bellamy Brothers Love Their Mothers Oh And that was the country
1: quiz We had the country quiz Where people would call in And that was a fun thing There were a lot of callers That would call in You can call me at 336 mm daily, By the way To cafe anyway here Outside of cafe anyway And so we'd do this country quiz And people would win Little interesting prizes That either were Or were not cool And here's somebody Who's trying to win right now <laughs>
0: The Bellamy oh, Brothers love okay. their mothers. Okay, Patrick. Hey, what's up? The Bellamy Brothers were first nominated for CMA Group of the Year Award, for the CMA's Group of the Year Award back in A, 1979, B, 1980, or C, 1981. Uh, 1980. 19. Oh, no. Uh... Stay on the line, Patrick. 6 5 Okay, hey, you can try and steal the prize from Patrick, but if you get it wrong, he gets I'm the prize. Out of the same old story. Waking up. Rachel from Ventura going to try and steal the prize from Patrick in Port Wainimi. Rachel, the choices were 1979, 1980, or 1981? 1981. 1981. 1981. You are correct! correct. Congratulations! The is based
1: on a true story happening every day all across California. Bellamy Brothers. Now, that band was awesome.
0: Oh. Fog tonight. Lows in the 40s. Mostly sunny to
1: Oh, weather report. Bellamy Brothers, yes. They kind of had a... Uh, almost like an eagle sound Kind of that Southern California Laurel Canyon sound But they were out of I think Texas originally But then of course Nashville
0: Brown, The race is on at 11.34 At the K.H. Santa Fe Cafe
1: 100. Hi, one, two Hi, hello Hi, I'm Mark Miller With That was Mark Miller from Sawyer Brown
0: This is Matt Michaels Who's this? A friend. Hey Efren! How's it going, Matt? It's going good. We just heard from Brad Paisley. Two people fell in love you around the races on before that. Toby Keith's on the way, and Sarah Evans unplugged. Efren, let's go out to the patio of the K.H. Santa Fe Cafe and see our resident barbecuer, Bill. Cool. Ah, uh, Efren, what I'm doing right now is I am barbecuing <laughs> uh-huh. some good old-fashioned burgers. You want cheese on yours? Yeah, please. Oh wait, I keep dropping them into the fire. Really? Uh I keep dropping the cheese into the fire. <laughs> the fire. Um Efren, what's something interesting you did this weekend? Oh, I went to listen to some Matt Music yesterday. Matt you were at Matt Music last night at Beans Coffee House, way to go, you stud. Yeah, it was pretty good. And uh viva cinco de mayo. <laughs> viva Cinco de Mayo, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and by the K.H. Santa Fe Cafe.
1: We'll be right back on 100. Point- wow. Full of beans coffee. Yes, I used to play what I called Matt music because I went by Matt Michaels on the air. And I'd set up my keyboard and a couple speakers and a microphone and start playing keyboard with the drum machine full on Casio experience and I had all these songs that I would written and Efren actually would come out quite often to see me perform. I don't know if he actually liked the music. He met a lot of cool people that would show up. I had like a little (laughs) I had like two or three people that would show up all the time. Oh, those were the days. Fun, fun times Uh, Anyway, that was Efren. Cafe anyway all right. that was let's go back with Matthews now it's time for the let's uh, Mike's oh the Mike Matthews new tunes feud here are two songs I'm gonna play for you that I was that was sent to me at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com and I'm gonna play them for you you tell me which one you like better the first one is from Gabrielle De Rosa and this is called Bandita is heart there you go that's Gabriel De Rosa with Bandita did you like that song better or did you like this one by the Psychotic Monks and this is a song called Gamble and Dangle and sabotage
0: have a look down way too much into us. history
1: repeats itself alright there you go I don't want to play too much because I'll get dinged by the YouTube oh wow it gets really crazy here alright so which one do you like better Gabriel De Rosa or psychotic monks call me at 336MM daily 3 plus 3 equals 6MM as in Mike Matthews daily as in what this podcast tries to be and sometimes I get interrupted hey Thank you for letting me do my little tirade about this whole conspiracy theories and craziness and the crazy talk. We need to think smarter and talk smarter and less with the crazy. Let's do that, shall we? And with more ways to reach me, it is a friend. <laughs>